Hey everyone, you're listening to Thinking Out Loud, an OutMaine original podcast. My name is Mara, and I'm your host. My name is Emily. I do co-chair the board of directors for OutMaine. I also am the parent of a trans child who is 11 years old. So Emily is here today to kind of get, like I said, that parent perspective and really help clarify maybe for parents that are just going through this or maybe as a you know a sounding board for um, looking back and saying like oh, okay like you know what I was doing was right and or I was in the same boat I think just to give some reassurance that you know this is real and this is a lot sometimes and um, that it's gonna be okay so uh, my first question for you today Emily uh, is talking a little bit about that first day or that first moment when your child came out to you, if you want to give us a little bit of background. So it wasn't one day with him. It was a series of events that transpired over several years, which is more common when you're dealing with younger children. Um, My son was five when he transitioned socially, meaning like that we introduced him that way to the world, but it was a long time coming. It had been two years probably of him being insistent and persistent which is like the guidance out there if you read about it like that's the thing to be looking for um that he felt like he was a boy um it started around the time i was pregnant with my second child where we were telling him you're going to be a big sister and he kept correcting us and saying no i'm going to be a big brother and he was only you know two and a half so i felt like okay you know you can be whatever you want to be And I didn't think a lot of it, but it just kept going on for long enough that it felt like this is more than some sort of small phase that he's going through. It's not not getting better. He's not talking about it any less. And so, again, it really developed over time where we got to the point where we said we were going to... I don't like to use the word allow, but we were going to embrace this part of him and um, have him introduce himself to the world the way that he saw himself. Yeah, so, and I think you're 100% right. Like the idea that it just happens like one day, I think is not as realistic. Like you said, especially at a different age. Like I think some folks when they're coming out later in life, they're like, oh yeah, no, I've decided it. Today's the day everyone knows. And maybe that's the case. Um, but I think you're right, like the fact that it, it takes like over time and starting at two and a half, that's young, but we also all know that like your gender identity is pretty developed by age three. Um, and I think that's still really hard for people to wrap their minds around. Um, so the fact that your child knew so early on is really cool, but then at the same time, it, I, uh, you know, I'm thinking that it's leaving parents kind of like, hmm, now I'm noticing all those things that might have happened over the next couple of years that kind of led to this final like, okay, now we're, you know, like you said, you're embracing this moment of like, all right, here's where we are and here's where we're going to go from here. Once that social transition happened, from there kind of what was your, what was your next like immediate thought or what was like the thing you were like, okay, now we got to like get educated here, like where are we at? So the whole situation was really led by him he was I mean we could tell that something was happening and and we were trying to figure out what that was but when he started kindergarten he went to school and started writing this other name on 
the paper on papers like he'd make an art project and write this name on the paper instead to the point that the teacher called me and said you know we're going to do this open house and um he's putting this name on all of these papers like what do you want like I don't know what to do and that was definitely the moment where we felt like okay now there's no turning back like he's being very forceful that this is what he needs and so that was definitely the time that we decided to just go in all in in learning about it as much as possible um I have a background in women and gender studies so trans the concept of trans people was not new to me but I certainly had no idea how to do that and be a parent. I barely knew how to be a parent I, at that point. I mean, he was my first child and he was young and you know, it was definitely really scary. For me, the way that I have handled all of it is just learning as much as I possibly can and trying to find guidance out there that is telling me a little bit like what the right things are to do. Yeah, which is hard, right? Like, it, I would say, in our parent groups are like there's not a handbook for this but there's definitely not a handbook on this right like you know I think parents fear that they're doing the wrong thing all the time but generally they're them reaching out and kind of asking for help is really like that first step into showing that you know you're dedicated to getting educated and figuring out what you need to do as a parent to help make your child the most successful that they can be and I guess that kind of goes right into this piece of like what resources or supports did you find helpful throughout your journey? Well, and there are some handbooks out there. I mean, it, sure. you know, they're called, you know, like how to parent a trans child. And there's one for like how to parent a teenage trans child. And, you know, so those do exist. But I mean, it's not, it's not an earth shattering. Here's all the answers to all the problems that are going to happen uh, situation. So if I, it was, there's a lot of like, memoirs about people's experiences and especially then which it hasn't even been that long but things have changed so much there's so many more resources now than there was five six seven years ago which is when we were dealing with his initial transition um and so that was what i would read is a lot of those along with that book um about you know how to parent a trans child mm -hmm. and i tried talking to his doctor's office about it as well who was pretty unsure of what action steps to take with him at the time i like to think that that would be different now for a child his age and the parents with their doctor today than it was then um but again for me it was just like reading as much as i possibly can but that's how i approach everything in life like learning 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 and it makes me feel like i have some semblance of control over the situation um so that was just how i did it with him yeah absolutely i think pre uh i guess parenthood were you doing research kind of in general on like this whole parenting thing or did you find like the the prep for it was really just once you your son had come out as transgender and you were like whoa this is you know this is really new I mean, I think that everyone has ideas about what type of parent you're going to be or what parenthood is going to be like. Going through this experience with him taught me very early on that like those ideas are just like going to go out the window pretty fast. And he's going to be whoever he is, regardless of my say in the matter. I mean, this is not an easy thing to go through for any parent. And it's not an easy thing for him to go through either. And so... But nothing that I say or do is going to 
change the situation that we're in. All I can do is accept him for who he is and support him and and all of that. So I wouldn't say I was doing any sort of research ahead of time about like how to be a parent in this area. I always just felt like I'm gonna accept my kids for who they are. This was harder for me than um, looking back than I than I would have thought it would be. Like I'm a very open and accepting person and it was harder for me to come to terms with it in the beginning and I did drag our feet a little bit initially in a way that I regret some looking back I mean he was still five it wasn't like it went on and on for years or anything but I feel some regret about how I handled it initially and most of that was just fear around how other people were going to respond and not how I felt about him. You know I'm not a parent myself but I think based off of the people I've worked with in my time as a therapist and the families that I've worked with and even our parent and family group here at OutMaine you know you hear all the time like I just want to protect my kid like that is my number one goal and their safety and so a lot of the times we have parents saying like, how are they going to be safe when they, you know, go to school and how are they going to do this and how are they going to do that? You know, we talk about that resiliency building and how, you know, your job is just to encourage your child to be resilient, have conversations and open communication and you're going to do that. You're going to keep them safe by having those conversations. So I think, you know, it is a scary thing it, looking back, like you said, like to be like, oh, okay, like maybe I could have done things differently, but I think you know, you're going to say that for anything, you know, this could have not been an identity problem or, you know, anything under the LGBTQ plus umbrella. And you're always going to look back and be like, oh, maybe I could have done something a little bit differently. Having the foresight now to moving forward to be like, hey, you know, now I know what the best Mm -hmm. plan of action might have been. If you could offer some parents some other advice, what would be your kind of like first line hey, here's this thing that you could do or this book you could read or whatever that may be, um, what would you offer to other parents? The things that I found the most helpful were finding other parents to talk to and not feeling as alone in the situation. It was very isolating and just feeling like I don't know any parents who have ever experienced this. I can barely find anything on the internet about it. And again, we're not talking about something that was 10, 15, 20 years ago. We're talking about five, six, seven years ago. Like this wasn't a long time ago. Um, Again, I like to think that that has changed some over the recent years, but little kids especially are kind of in a different bracket than older kids who are transitioning. Teenagers, there's a wealth of information out there about teenagers and what it is to do for teenagers to help support them. And the parents that I did meet most of the time in the initial days were parents of teenagers and the resources that I did reach out to knew how to help teenagers. And so it was really hard to find people who had any sort of idea how to take care of a trans child that was five. And even going through something like gender clinics that that's what they do and that's what they support. They still, I mean, one of them even said to me, I'm so interested to see how he turns out because he's so young and this is going to be really interesting to watch. Like, so there was this idea that we were treading in this water of really unknown sort of where no one seemed to really know what to do to help us. And so it was um, isolating. So as much as we've been able to find other parents with similar experiences and lean on those resources have been the most helpful for us. And it just makes you feel connected. Like, 
you have a community of people who have shared experiences. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's kind of what our goal is majority of the time with our parent groups is to open that line of communication um, and bring people together in a sense that, you know, here are some other parents that might be going through similar or very different things and maybe things you might experience down the line and here's kind of what they did to, you know, tackle those. But it sounds like talking to parents has been really helpful and and I'm sure it's been helpful for a lot of different people, but I think there's also so many you know, differences between everyone's journey that it's like, maybe that was helpful at first, but then, you know, down the line, something else is super helpful. So good to just keep in mind in terms of, you know, hey, if you're listening and you're needing some support, uh, finding another community that you can have these open conversations with would be, would be really great. What would you say has been or was the hardest part of that experience for you in, in general? The hardest part was definitely worrying about what other people were going to think outside of the my small little family, like the you know the four of us. When we when we said, okay, this is who he is, and we're gonna tell the world now in some way, it was really scary. It was scary to think about family members not accepting him, and what sort of decisions would we have to make around that. And we're in, we live in a small area, so a lot of people have known him for a really long time, known me for a really long time. It just became this situation where I was having to come out for him repeatedly over and over and over again and try to do it in a way that was educating people about being trans when a lot of people had no idea what I was talking about. And also really drawing a hard line in the sand that like if you are not going to support him you do not get to be in our lives the way that we ended up doing that was um and i got this idea from one of the books that i read is that i wrote a letter because it was a lot easier to do it that way than to try to have this conversation over and over again i had to have it a lot anyway but as it kind of sprawled out beyond like the immediate core people that we really wanted to tell you know face-to-face it was like we've got to get this message out there like to aunts and uncles and grandparents and you know all these people and so I wrote a letter that explained um, what it meant to be trans and what our experience had been with him up to that point and said you know we understand if you don't support this but you know we won't be able to be around you if that's the case because it's more important that we protect him So that was how we did it and it was really scary and I used to go into my work a lot and cry like on the weekends (laughs) because I just was so worried about it. All of those worries were unfounded. I mean all of them like about everyone. There's been very few people that have not accepted us. I've definitely done a lot of educating about it and I'm continuing to do a lot of educating about it and I'm I enjoy doing that and I'm happy to do that. Um, but everyone that mattered stuck around and learned about it and love him and the few people that didn't, well, who cares about them? That's really hard, uh, you know, to think about the fact that you might have to cut people out of your life, um, you know, that are just not going to be supportive of you and your family and, you know, all of the kind of progress you've made through that but it sounds like 
for you it worked out for the most part and of course there's always going to be people that don't agree and there's always going to be people that don't understand as with everything else too. I think another thing that I'm seeing in the trend here is like sounds like he's been a really big part of these conversations too in terms of like communication so could you talk a little bit about kind of um, your son's role in all of these like things moving forward I know he was really young when a lot of this was happening but now he's older and so what does that look like for your family like what is his part in kind of still working through this transition and process yeah it's been interesting to watch that um, as the years have gone by, because when he was little, I felt like I had complete control over that, right? Like, I'm going to talk to people, and it's my job to make sure that somebody knows. And I want always an adult where he is to be aware. Not because I feel like it really matters at the end of the day, but because he needs... He has worries about things that other kids don't, i.e. like the bathroom as an example, that having some idea about why that is is important to me when he's not with me so that whomever it is that's with him can help him through that. So if it's at school, the whole school doesn't need to know, but I want a teacher, a guidance counselor, a somebody to have some idea so that they can help him. And I felt like I got to kind of set that narrative because he was five and he didn't know, you know. But as he's gotten older, he's driving that now. I'm step this is and this is very in the last probably one to two ish years where I'm starting to say to him, I will talk to them if you want me to. I will tell that person if you want me to, but I'm trying to let him drive that because it's not my place to continue to be the one to tell everyone about him. Like this is his his thing and he gets to decide that and it's his job also to figure out in life who he wants to know and who he doesn't want to know and it's and teaching him too about who how to figure out who safe people are to talk to about things and who may not be so safe or safe situations and I feel like this is a way to start that process so um at this point I'm letting him drive it most of the time you know around teachers at school and friends and things like that and we talk about this with our parents a lot too is like letting the child kind of be in the driver's seat for this piece I think a lot of things in life kids don't have control over and so you know giving them the autonomy and the power to lead that I think is an empowering thing and I think that contributes to the resiliency that gets built because they are knowing how to advocate for themselves and knowing how to stand up for themselves and feel that they can make decisions that are super important to them and that you as a parent are hearing them say it uh, is really, really cool. So that's a lot of the questions I have for you. I think we're gonna be working with several parents throughout our podcast recordings because we think that this is just really valuable information. So Emily, did you have any other kind of parting words or things uh, that you uh, find might be helpful for parents to take away from this? I guess the only parting words I have is that at the end of the day, if you're feeling scared or unsure about whatever situation it is your child is going through that it's going to be okay and that loving them is the most important part and the rest of it you can figure out well i'll leave you with that thanks for joining us at thinking out loud and out main podcast thanks for tuning in you've been listening to thinking out loud a podcast dedicated to making your life colorful one topic at a time